There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see WCNTV Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me today here on WCN-TV. I'm Pastor Mike Spaulding. You know, we don't need a survey to tell us that the church is in decline, but surveys are are critical to understanding some of the, the multifaceted things that are going on with the church and with ministries today. Our guest today is, is author Julie Kurz, and uh, we're going to be discussing her book, for the faith of the next generation. I don't know any pastors really that aren't concerned about and um, pouring into children's ministry because they understand rightfully that children really are the future of what is going on in their particular local ministries. It's, it's the future of the faith. And um, this book is a fantastic resource uh, I just want to encourage you to go out to uh, juliekurz.com. There you go. Thank you, um, producer, juliekurz.com. The book is available there. And, and you'll also see workshops and a lot of great resources. And we'll probably touch on some of those during this conversation today. It is, uh, it is troubling, the trends that we see uh, in the American church today, an estimated, and this is a this is a rather broad um, uh, percentage. But statistics are saying that that somewhere between seventy and ninety four percent, and I and I know that's that's broad, uh, but between seventy and ninety four percent of youth who grow up in the church by the time they reach their late teenage years, they're no longer attending, and and what that means is. Kids that become uh, adolescents, teenagers, young adults, after all of the years of being poured into by the church ministry, the children's, the youth group, and, and, and so on, they still make the decision to leave the church. Now, that should get our attention. That should cause us to sit back and say, okay, we have got to come together and figure out why this is happening. And then we have to figure out some, some steps to correct that. And that's one of the things that I like about uh, Julie's book. Um, 
Julie Kurz has been involved in children's ministry for over 30 years. That's a lot of Sunday schools, a lot of children's church, a lot of activities. In fact, uh, I'll just say this as a side note. Kathy and I, when we first became born-again believers, that was where we started out with children's ministry. And uh, what a rich and rewarding time that was. But but Julie uh, is a, an independent consultant for Reconnect Ministries. She has served on the National Family and Children's Ministry Team for the Evangelical Free Church of America. And for the past decade, she has served as the Children's Ministry Specialist for Church Assistance Ministries. Julie and her husband, Dave, have been married for 50 years. Congratulations on that, by the way, Julie. Thank you. That's, that's wonderful. And reside in Arizona. So again, juliekurs.com. Welcome to WCN TV, Julie. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. It's my privilege. Well, it's a, it's a blessing to have, to have you join us. Um, it's, it's incredible the things that we see uh, happening today in our nation um and uh and 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 focusing specifically on uh, on the church we say often that christ is the solution to all the problems that we face um is it a fair statement just right out of the gate julie to kind of set the the tempo and the tenor for what we're going to be discussing is it a fair statement to say that um that message, given the statistics that I mentioned, that message isn't isn't grabbing, isn't gripping our, our young people when it comes to making a decision. Are they going to stay with the faith or are they going to go and explore other things? Because if our young people really believed that Christ is the solution for all the things we see, I would expect to see a much smaller percentage of young people leaving the church and not returning. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, definitely, Jesus is the answer to our to our whole um, to all of our lives and to everything that we face in our lives. And it really got my attention as well when. Um, I, I left my ministry position of 17 years to really discover why we are losing so many of our kids to the faith. Um, and the research was just coming out at that point. Um, and at that point, we were losing 64 to 94%. Um, that was the, the number that I saw. And now I think it's actually increasing and we um, we just have to evaluate the the right things that we're doing in children's ministries um, instead of programming, instead of all the things we can do in the church, which are wonderful things. We need to start evaluating whether or not what we're doing in the church is impacting our children's lives through their homes. That we need to connect with the church and all work together to really focus on the faith of our, our the next generation. It's the most important we, thing we have in the church is our children. And we 
we need to really figure it out um, what is going on and how we can be a part of of retaining our kids to the faith because yes Jesus is the answer to our lives it's the purpose of our lives and why we're here and um, yes. yes 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 amen well as I read through your book Julie I I see it really um really is a handbook for parents just as much as it is for 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 churches and and one of the points it's a very important point and and I I agree with you wholeheartedly on this point is that the best efforts of the church cannot replace the impact that parents can and must have spiritually speaking in their children's lives Right, and that is where I think that we have gone wrong in the church is that we have tried to develop programs that separate our children from the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard college students tell me that church is something I did when I was a child. That's what I did when I was a kid. And we have to start letting our children do more in our church and be more involved and so that they feel needed um, in our churches so that they feel a part. So they're developing relationships with all the generations, um, the grandparents and, and other and friends of their parents. And uh, when we send them off to children's ministries, we're sending them to one or two teachers and then their peers. And they need to have more influence from the older generation. And and saying that, I'm not against children's ministries or saying that we shouldn't have it, but we need a balance between in, involving our kids in the church life, the life of the church, mm-hmm. um, and also being able to teach them at their own level of understanding um, at times. Um, Although I do think kids get a whole lot more out of the services (laughs) than we think they do to sit and listen to sermons. I did as a kid, and if they had been more intentional, I could have gotten more out of a worship service as a child. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that is one of the things that we need to really evaluate and be willing to do differently um, the involvement of our kids in the church. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So um, speaking of the condition of, of um, America today and, and, and the statistics as they relate to, to young people leaving the church, um, what would you consider to be a, a, a couple, three of the biggest challenges that um, both parents and churches face when it when it comes to to um, encouraging their children in the faith training them up in the faith and and providing a good foundation for to to sustain them in the faith what what are some of the challenges from from your own experience i believe one of the challenges is just being unwilling to change the way we do things in the church. I, I believe we need to have um, 
people studying the culture of their own church and looking at at what is happening and saying, what can we do in this church to involve our children in the worship services to um, build relationships with them, to hear them. Um, we need to look at things differently, and I think that's hard for the church to do. When when we pay a children's director to develop a program, it's hard to say if that program is going, it appears to be going well, and we have the church, the children happy at church as children, it's hard to change that. But because we know what's happening when they get to be young adults, we're, we have to change what is we're doing um, in their childhood when we can still have a, make a difference. Yes. Um, I would say another challenge is connecting what we do at church with families and 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 asking parents to really understand that the importance of their involvement in what we do at church and i think that is um we have we have parents who have not had good role models growing up so they don't really know how to pass faith they don't know how to disciple their children at home so we need to train parents and give give them an understanding of what we need to do at home. So there needs to be training that happens. Um, and our parents need to understand what's going on so that they can really engage and with the church in the spiritual foundation of their fam of their children. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the church is just, it is meant to supplement what the parents are already doing, not exactly, not vice versa, right? And and I think we have many insecure parents in the spiritual areas of their lives, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to really develop their children spiritually. Um, so we need to train them and and help them see. The dilemma then that taking their kids to church is not fulfilling the the need for your children to have a, a depth in their spiritual lives. That is not going to happen with just dropping them off at church. Yeah, yeah. I can just hear some some parents now, um, Julie, saying, "Mike, I am just trying to survive these years." I, I don't. <laughs> You know right. what? What are you talking about? Right. Well, well. Listen. One of the things that um, is important. Well, loved your book. Many important things. Many many takeaways from this. It got me thinking about a couple of Thank things you. as 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 well, Julie. For for our own children's ministry here at Calvary in Lima. Um, but one of the things that that you covered. You talked about the the parental responsibility um, for four areas in our children's lives, and those four areas, uh, of course, uh, everybody understands the physical, and they understand the emotional, and they understand the mental. The, those three, most parents would say, yes, those are important things that we need to address 
pour into the lives of our children, um, make sure that that we are doing all that we can as as Christian parents. But but the fourth one is the one that's the subject here, and and, right. and it really is. And, and and you mentioned the word discipleship, and and that's really what it's about is is right. discipling our children. So so that fourth area is spiritual development, and um, right. as we just mentioned. It's 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 easier sometimes for parents to to push that spiritual development off, or maybe push is not an accurate, not a good word to use. I don't I don't think many parents do it intentionally. No, no, they think, it's not well, intentional. Yeah, yeah, it's not intentional. So, so your thoughts on those things? Um, the spiritual area it it starts with my spiritual life, I believe. It starts with developing my spiritual life so that I have something to share and that that I'm passionate about my relationship with Jesus and that I want my child to have that in their lives. And so the, the, the fact that we don't have role models is very, very difficult, but we have to encourage our parents that your walk with God is what your children are going to see all of their lives. And, and just like Jesus said, we're to bring light into the world and we're supposed to bring light. This is something that we want our children to desire in their lives is the light that, that we bring in to them in their lives. And, and Jesus is, um should be our our rock our what we depend on and our kids should see our dependence on Jesus and they should eventually want it in their lives because they see it working and they see it uh, that beauty in our lives of Jesus working in our lives and and just get helping them to understand our ups and downs in our faith and just letting them into our journey because we what we have to understand is our our children don't really know how to walk with God and they're learning through our example in in our lives and that example is very important for them to be able to look at and say I want this in my life as well and I can understand and I see that this makes sense in your life and I want it in mine. Yes. Um, so I believe that's where it starts. Um, yes. Yes. And so that's, that's a good segue into to how the church develops kids spiritually. We, we certainly want them to see that in, um, in our own lives as teachers, uh, um, people that are involved in children's ministry right? Uh, so that they understand uh, what the love of God looks like mm-hmm. and then what, what Christians or how Christians respond to, to the trials and the, and the tough times that we all are going to experience um, children, exactly. children watch and, and they learn by our reactions a lot of times, don't they? Right. And that's exactly right. And we just have to depend on God. And I remember so many times when my kids were young, just asking God for wisdom. How do I handle this? And 
being in a living relationship with Jesus because so many times and in the, the world we live in, we we just don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to handle it. And so we need to be in a in a living and growing relationship with Jesus that we we hear his voice and we know how we need to handle this and 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 struggle with other people and wrestle and let our kids see that we're doing that because this means so much to me that in my life and I want you to have it in your life and then our kids eventually will choose will decide whether or not they want that in their lives and as parents we need to teach them and we need to model and I believe probably 80% of our sharing our faith is modeling and 20% is teaching them and there's a lot of there that's essential that our kids have the teaching they need to be able to determine as they be, become older and um, understand more that that this makes sense that it makes sense to, to believe and so we are leading them on a journey if this is a journey of them of, of them being introduced and understanding Jesus through my life and then weaning them off on their own faith as they get older. And and it's the church cannot do this. Um, as a as a, a children's ministry director, all my staff and my teachers cannot follow a child around during the week and implement the lessons that we taught them on Sunday. And if parents are not connecting with our teaching and that's the only teaching they're getting there is no one to implement that that sent that lesson that story that we taught um in their daily lives during the week and so that is the the fallacy with our with our system is that kids are being taught but there's no one there connecting during the week if if a parent is not connecting with us or if they're not teaching at home themselves. Yes. Yeah. Well, so that, that, uh, very, very valid point. Um, the book really, again, as I mentioned earlier, the book really is, is, um, a primer on discipleship, discipling, um, children, but also equipping parents because they play the major role in this and, and and the church comes along and its ministries comes along to supplement that. So um, let's, let's discuss that just a little bit more, Julie, because I think there's, there's some, there's some good information there that um, those that have joined us and watching this live on rumble and some other platforms um, need to hear. And, and that is that, that churches, should be deliberate in their partnering with parents. You mentioned um, um, having a curriculum that's that's geared towards building faith into. Listen, children's ministry isn't about uh, entertainment and getting through the hour until you can turn them back over to their parents. Right. I I know that's that's how some people view it, but that's not what it is. It shouldn't be. Yeah 
shouldn't be that at, at all. Um, so what does it look like for a children's ministry or, or a church to be very intentional in their partnering with parents um, beyond just communicating? Because, listen, I've seen – I've been a pastor for 25 years in ministry for 35, and uh, I've seen the flyers laying on the floor, the handouts that you give oh, the kids. Yes. And, you know, they 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 never make it home is, is my right. point. So so how do we as a church partner with parents um, beyond just making them aware of, hey, we're studying for the next month um, in the book of Genesis? Is there more to it than that that you could recommend, Julie? There is. Um I think the first thing is that we must make our parents aware of the situation. They need to hear this, the statistic, the research being done. And if that does not move them to do something with, to do something different at home or seek help or do something, then we have another problem. So it begins with awareness and then it, it is developing a program that can be connected with the home and and regular checkups to make sure that it's happening. Um, a, a meeting possibly at the beginning of the quarter that said, this is what we're doing. We're connecting with you in these ways with, if there's a, a take home paper, if there, if it's going to be online, um, a Facebook, that they can talk back and forth and ask questions. And so there has to be that, that relevant communication. Um, and then we need to be asking parents how they're doing. Um, how, how are you doing with the lessons? Because I think what happens a lot is that we, we leave that responsibility, but there's no one that is really accountable we're, we're not, we don't have accountability systems in place to see how's it going. You know, maybe it's, it's just really, they're having a difficult month and the parents just need to be encouraged. Um, maybe there's stories that they're of success that need to be shared um, to encourage other parents. Um, there's other things that we can do besides the, the Sunday school program or the children's church. Um, there's, you can have family nights where several parents get together and have a, have a small group, but have a family time training kind of lesson with all of their kids and then send them off to play where, which, which really helps teach other parents that don't know how to really do this they have a model couple who is doing it so that they they can see how this works, that they could go home and have a family time at their own home. I have a chapter on family time training, which is a great way to get the lessons and the teaching in the home for parents that don't know what to do. Um, just getting together um, with families once a month where you – um, share stories of faith, either your stories of faith or um, using vision videos. Um, 
there, there's a series on um, men and women of faith that share their stories in an in a animated little video of like um, Gladys Alward, um, Martin Luther, just stories of faith. So you can get families together and then you can, I, I used to do this in my church and we'd watch the movie of a, of a, a person's faith and what they did for God. And then we would sit at a family table and I'd have questions for them to answer as a family. Um, so this is a guided process that the church can do that helps parents to get comfortable even talking to their children spiritually because a lot of families don't even feel comfort, a comfort level of talking about spiritual things at home. So the church can jumpstart a lot of these things by doing things together and then sending them home with the resources that they need to do this at home. Um, I have a lot of ideas in the book um, that can be taken um, at, for home and a lot of um, just teachings that I believe families need to make sure their kids have before they leave home. Um, so there, I think there's more that we can do than just the Sunday school program at church. And it takes a group of people in your church that understand your culture that say, oh, we could do this. You know, we, and it's amazing what happens when you get four or five people together and the ideas that come when they understand the problem and then they're put in charge to solve the problem. The ideas will just keep coming um, for the, and it'll work in your culture instead of using somebody else's culture and saying, okay, we're going to do what this church does. Um, get people involved in this problem and, and get the people to solve the problem in your church. Yes, yes. Amen. So, friends, we are talking with uh, author Julie Kurz. The book is For the Faith of the Next Generation, a resource for ministry leaders and, and parents. So all of this is, is very good, um, very uh, powerful, in fact, once implemented, once put in place. But there are some obstacles, Julie. You and I both know what they are. Um, family, church, God, all of these things are under attack today uh, by our culture. And even our, our government schools um, are coming out against Christian values, Christian faith, and supporting things that are antithetical to the Christian faith. So I'm imagining that some parents are are believing that the deck is stacked against them. There's no way to overcome these obstacles. Um, what word of encouragement could you give to, to those parents who are struggling to see how they're going to be able to make any sort of an impact that, that will make a difference? It is a challenge in our world today. Um, and I believe the only the only tool we have is that I have is my faith and my teaching of my children 
a Christian worldview. Um, and they need to understand why God's word says what it does. And then they need to understand who God is and that God is for us and wants us to be successful in our lives in, in loving him. And he's given us this beautiful life. And he wants us to live that life to glorify him. But our kids need to understand who God is and want to glorify him. And that is the that is our job at home to set that the stage for what's happening in the world. And I I, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Rob Reno, the mm -hmm. founder of Visionary Parenting, mm -hmm. a little book that I have, and I, I think I quote it in my book as well, but he says that I believe if a young person grows up in a godly nation, a godly school, a godly church, but an ungodly home, then the chances are slim that young person will get safely home to heaven and make a difference in the world for Christ. On the other hand, if a young person grows up in an ungodly nation, an ungodly school, an ungodly church, and he says, God forbid, but a godly home, then the chances are good that that child would get home to heaven and make a difference in the world for Christ. And I, I believe that it's, we need to hold on to Jesus um, through these times and realize that he's given us the example of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who knew their, they understood their culture, but they stood firm in their faith. And, and they were not trying to change their culture. They were just living for God in their own lives. And that is what they need to see us living out God's, his great commission to love the world, to bring light into the world. And we just need to ask God to help us. And, and churches need to support each other and love our children and guide them. And it's, and it's not easy. That's not definitely not easy, but we, we just have to really hold on to, to what God says he will do. And that's, he will be with us through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and always loving our kids and, through, through the casualties, through everything, loving like Jesus loves us. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things, Julie, that I, I have said a lot in the last few years is that uh, ministry in the, in the context and the day in which we live because of all the things that are going on um, and the the context in, in our culture, what's happening in America, sh should not surprise anyone. It, right. If you read the scriptures, it's pretty clear that these things were going to come upon the, the entire world. I, I, I think this is just being scripture fulfilled. But, but nevertheless, churches need to be, the children's ministry staff, the pastoral staff, needs to be sensitive to each, each individual child's um, 
family context. Exactly. Children, children thrive when they have a sense of security. Right. And, and the opposite is true when they don't in their family lives. So um, it's a, I guess what I'm getting at when, when, when a family's in trouble, when, when the father and mother, the marriage is, is rocky, the odds are that that's going to spill over into the relationship with the children and, um, and will result in a lack of, of intentional parenting toward godliness. Um, is it important in your opinion? Uh, because some, some folks may, may hear what I'm saying as being meddlesome or uh, nosy as the the word that we used to use. Um, but if we're going to love these kids like Jesus, then it seems to me we should be aware of their family context and then take appropriate stri- uh, steps to try and, and uh, to help those kids deal with that and overcome that. And even, even take opportunities to, to, um, insert ourselves in a, in a helpful way, counseling or, or whatever uh, in this family to ensure that the kids have a, a much better environment in which to flourish in their faith is, is what, what do you think about that? I talk a lot in my book about the importance of relationship. And when we have relationships with the children, when we have genuine relationships with the families and their parents, these kind of conversations happen naturally. If we're not investing in relationship, they will be hard and will probably not end well. So relationship and investing time with each other, I think is is really the answer. And I, I remember a church that I worked with in Canyon City, Colorado, and I believe this um, family pastor had a, had just a great um, strategy. Um, he had four pillars in his family ministry program. The first one was marriage. And he, he built relationships, strong relationships with all the families. And he, re, he came to the point of almost requiring every family to have um, to go through a small group and discipleship on marriage. And he used, I can't remember what program he used in that. So everybody in the church went through this marriage discipleship program. His next pillar was financial because that's where most marriages struggle is with the finances. So he did one of the financial um seminars in his church and then the third thing he did was the parenting and he would have classes and um, rotate different things in the parenting area and then the fourth thing that he did was to just pretty much require everybody to be in a small group where (laughs) where that's where the relationships and the accountability that's where you know what's happening is through the small group I thought that was the best model. And he had 
he just had a person a winning personality that he just drew people into his to his strategy of really helping families with their marriage with their finances with their their parenting and with with getting to know and getting that accountability system in place in their church and i thought it was just a, i thought that was the best thing that i saw in any of the churches i worked with yes Julie, I'd like to talk about um, chapter eight for a little bit. Chapter eight um, is a chapter about how children develop spiritually. Um, And and that that is very, very important for obviously children's ministry (laughs) leaders and those that are pouring in, uh, pouring into children. But um, it's also important for parents to understand, because remember what our our, uh, our opening statements included the fact that the church is merely supplementing right. uh, what the parents are doing in the home. It, it's it's not there's no way that one to three hours a week with uh, the children can replace uh, the multiple hours that they're with their parents. And, and most certainly one to three hours uh, in church, teaching children cannot overcome what they are hearing and seeing when they're apart from their parents in the government schools and other places. So how do children develop spirit? What What are the high points that you want to pull out of this chapter since I've, I've uh, um, mentioned it specifically? How do children develop spiritually? This is a question I asked myself all during all the years I was a children's ministry director um, in Littleton, Colorado. Um, and I I developed this throughout those 17 years that I worked in that position. And I my conclusions were that number one, God is God is the one who thought of us. We're each one of us are, is a new thought of God. And I, I love that yes thought and that He is fully invested in each one of us more than we ever will understand or know. So God is the one who put us in our families. He's the one who gave us our family. Um, and in his design, his perfect design, he, he created the family, a mother and a father and, and other children. And I always told my own children when they were growing up that if you can learn to get along with your siblings here, there's going to be somebody in your life when you're an adult <laughs> that you're going to have a better chance of being able to get along with. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is the playing field. This is where you're learning life is at home. And that is what God gave us. Um, and that is the first small group. We're always looking for a good small group. Well, your first small group is your family and your children. Mm-hmm. And that's where the teaching and of God's word should happen, um, even if it's just reading a little bit from the Bible every day at the breakfast table, um, and talking about it, and or talking about what what challenges you had during the day, and how we can help you at night, and what does God say about that? Just ways of incorporating um, Jesus into our home, because that's where God um, intended for faith to thrive and to be passed on and to um, begin. 
um, in our children's lives. And then he gives us an extended family, which is the church. (laughs) And that extended family is that support system that we get in our extended families that in our own families. Um, And the church should, should really um, come to the rescue of those families who are having trouble and, and, and really giving resources and helping promote um, ways of helping our kids um, thrive at home. Um, So we, we need to just, Look at our, our church as an extended family um, so that our children will have more than just us to see for modeling of the faith. So they have aunts and uncles and they can look to this. Not only my parents who love Jesus, all these other people love Jesus too. There must be something to this because look at all these people who love Jesus. Um, um, so then I believe that probably the most important thing in our children's spiritual development are our stories of faith. And I believe the first story of faith that our kids need to hear is God's story. And they need to hear that. Um, And and I believe that sometimes we go into way too much detail. I think um, we can can teach God's story in a year and and just hit on on the main parts of his story. Um, What's in the Bible is a great curriculum to teach God's story uh, in one year. And I, when I was in teaching recently children, I would repeat that. I would do God's story and then the chronological story of Jesus and then go back to God's story because they need to hear God's story of redemption. They don't need to hear the detailed stories that we don't quite understand that they can get that later when they're um, in high school and college. But let's give them God's basic story of redemption. Um, then the second thing that kids need to hear is my story. Um, I share in my book a story of, of a small group that I had with young women. We were talking about how many of us had led people to Jesus and what our experiences had been. And not one of those moms told about their children. Mm. And we need to realize that our children need, they're, they're our first mission field there, and they need to hear our stories of faith. And um, I had a small group once that I asked kids how many of them had heard their parents' story. And out of eight or nine kids, only one little girl raised her hand and said, I've heard my mom's story of just how they started in faith. So they need to hear stories of faith. And it would be good for our kids to just have a church service or a story of faith every week (laughs) or once a month even where our kids hear a story of faith because that's where I processed my faith is hearing other people's stories and thought, wow, if God can do that for them and, and they understand that, I want to understand that. So they need to hear stories of faith. Um, and then they need, lastly, I think they need to hear stories of faith of men and women in history. And um, I found a great resource through Vision Video called the Torchlighter Series. Uh, some of my favorites have been 
the story of, of Samuel Morris, Gladys Alward, Robert Germain, Martin Luther, John Wesley, William Tyndall. And when our kids see what people went through because they loved God so much, they gave up their lives. They did amazing things and God helped them do amazing things. These are the kind of things that our kids need to hear so that they can process what it looks what it would look like for me to have a relationship with God mm-hmm. and create a desire in them to have the kind of stories that they that they hear other people in their lives and other people in history. So those were my that's my conclusion of how a child develops spiritually. Yeah. Very, very good, very good points, Julie. Friends, again, we are talking with author Julie Kerr. There's the book for the faith of the next generation, a resource for ministry leaders and parents. Um, Just so that there's no confusion here, friends, everything that Julie has been talking about that's found in her book um, is, is flowing out of our love for our children it flows out of a, a, a proper understanding of our role as parents and the relationship between our family, us as parents and our children and what we are pouring into them and the relationship between us and the church, the ecclesia that we happen to be a part of. There should be an intentional, direct, very clear, supportive relationship between the family, the the parents, the children, and the children's ministry. But we are not talking about, (laughs) we are not talking about uh, some type of performance-based faith, are we, Julie? Exactly. We got caught up in performance-based faith um, clear back when I was growing up. (laughs) And we had a performance-based faith in my children's ministry, I realized later. And this is not about being good for God, that we can't earn God's favor. We can't, I can't, I can't do more than what Jesus did for me. (laughs) This is about loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yep. And, and realizing that this was God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Yes, that's right. Amen. Amen. Um, well, we're coming down to the last few minutes. It's been a wonderful conversation. Again, friends, the book is For the Faith of the Next Generation, a resource for ministry leaders and parents by Julie Kurz. I also want to say that um, you had some friends and, and uh, 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 ministry partners, people that are in children's ministry. I know Scott Taransky, um, Joanne Miller, Carrie Taylor, Kirk Weaver. I want to give Hi. them uh, recognition. They all contribute. Yeah. Um, in in some way to this book. Um, But it's really about making a a paradigm shift in the way that we do discipleship, awakening us as as parents and even church leaders to understand where where the balance is and and where the emphasis should be be at. Um, It's really about reorienting our our thinking um, for the next generation, isn't it? Right. Exactly. It's it's a whole paradigm shift of how we have looked at children's ministries 
for the last 50 years, and we really need to go back to what we did past 50 years ago. But the key word, I believe, is intentional. Mm -hmm. If we were more intentional, even back when I was a kid, in the sitting in the service, we could have accomplished so much more, and we can accomplish so much more when we're intentional, when we have a... a a think tank in our churches saying, how are we as a church going to solve this problem? That Those people in your church will come up with the way to do it and you'll get buy-in from the whole congregation if you have every type of family in your think tank because they're gonna influence um, each of the family type that they are um, and like grandparents, um, um, blended families, single parents, all of the different kind of families need to be included in how we're going to address this problem in our church and what we're going to do. And I think that is the key, is really getting a think tank within your church to figure it out. And then we need to have a whole training and um, for parents and, and helping them understand the awareness of what they need to do in their own family and their own lives. And um, basically Jesus has to mean everything to me before I can expect it, Jesus to mean anything to my child. If Jesus doesn't mean everything to me, it's probably not going to happen with your child. And I, I believe that's probably the one of the root problems is that we don't have a faith of the child problem. We have a faith of the parents, of the adult problem. <laughs> and it's not producing children of faith. Our faith is not producing the, the faith that we needed it to have. And we need to correct that and um, ask God for help. Yes, and, amen. And ask him to give me a desire to know him and love him more because it starts with me and my heart. For yes. God. yes. Amen. Well, I don't know who said it first and I don't know who I heard it from. If it was uh, one of my mentors back in the day or, or somebody, I, I don't know who to give uh, attribution to for, for the, for the thought. Yeah. It certainly isn't original with me, but, you cannot give to others what you do not possess yourself. Right. Right. So we, we have got to be full on for Jesus. We have got to be filled. And I come from a Calvary chapel perspective, Julie. Um, we, we have got to be filled uh, with the Holy spirit, hearing from the Lord and loving kids. And, and if we will, if we will have all of those variables uh, in operation, then God's going to do wonderful things because he has not abandoned anyone. He certainly hasn't abandoned this, this, this generation that are, that are the children right now. Right. He right. wants to, right. do, yes, he wants to see great things in and through them, doesn't he? Right. And, and he will, he will do that um, with his own, um, his purposes will be accomplished accomplished. I love Isaiah 42, 2, where it says, I know you can all do all things and your purposes will be accomplished. Nothing can thwart his purposes. Right. And he will 
he will um the church will remain and um there will be people who remain and follow Jesus in the church. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Julie, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today here on uh, Wisconsin Christian News TV. Um, we'll pray that the Lord will continue to to expand the impact of what you are doing. It's very, very important work. So God bless you, sister. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Friends, that's all we have today here on this episode, this edition of WCN-TV. Remember, you can connect with Julie, juliekurs.com. The book is for the faith of the next generation. If you work in children's ministries, I would encourage you to get this book. We'll see you next Tuesday. God bless y'all. Mm-hmm.